Yeah, I want to do it in the high Vince on acid voice. Vince on helium? Yes, when there's something exciting going on in the ring. He's very high in his voice. So yeah. Welcome, everybody, to Saturday Morning Superstars 92. It's SummerSlam Party. <laughs> I don't know if it's Vince, but it's good. I'll take it. I'm Than. And we are channeling our midlife crisis by reliving our childhood, watching early 90s syndicated professional wrestling. We started Superstars with what episodes were on what was <laughs> the WWE Network. Yes. And at the time, there were episodes that started right after WrestleMania 8. And for three months, we watched feuds that would later be collected in Invasion 92. Inva- invasion 92? Was it Invasion? No, it wasn't Invasion 92. What was it? It was, it was um, oh shoot, I can't even remember anymore. R- R- started with an R. WrestleFest? No, it wasn't WrestleFest. That would start with a W. <laughs> <laughs> Just sounds like an R. Rascally um, Rabbit 92? Rascally Rabbits 92. That that sounds about right. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Rampage 92. Rampage. It was, it was Rampage wrong. 92. Rampage 92. That's how much, how, how much that meant to us. Yeah. About five weeks later, here we are in Wembley Stadium for SummerSlam 92. Yes. And we broke yes. it up into two parts. Last week, we covered Money, Inc. versus LOD. And yes. uh, that's the uh, swan song for LOD, apparently. Yes, we will never see LOD again after that. Not not in Superstars, from, I don't think. From what we see. So we will, we'll check it out. See if, we, if, we, if there's any... Puppet sightings. Oh, God. <laughs> Nails and Virgil, which prompts yes. the question, how was Nails allowed to travel outside the country? <laughs> That's got to be a parole violation. You would think. You'd think beating up a cop would be a parole violation, but well, it's not. No, apparently not. WWF is like the Las Vegas. What <laughs> happens in WWF stays in the WWF. You can do that shit anywhere. Man. Nails can go wherever he wants and beat Nails up whoever he wants with whatever he wants. He's like, aren't you parole... He's like, no, man, I'm in the WWF. It's like, all right, move along. Move yeah, it's, along. Like, it's like being part of a purge. <laughs> like anything goes. Yeah, exactly. We had Sean kind of fight the model. Yeah, and it was a good back and forth there. Some, some good storytelling. So I'll take that one as a decent match. I think that was my favorite of the four that we watched. Yeah. And Beverly's versus the Natural Disasters, who are now the champions. Yes, they are. Uh, Bo Blake uh, is finally <laughs> defeated. Yes, even it, though we had seen them be defeated before. Exactly. <laughs> even though they have been defeated, but they were touted as being undefeated. undefeated. Now they're, they are truly defeated. They're redefeated. Yes. <laughs> At this point. Now we're going to close the show with what I'm calling Better as Demolition. Yes. <laughs> Crush versus Repo Man. The main event, but not closing the show. And I was not a fan when this happened. And this happened a bunch of times this year. Mm-hmm. Like the Royal Rumble, they threw the title match before the Rumble. Because Hogan was going to win the Rumble and Warrior was going to lose. So they didn't want anybody going home sad. So Warrior lost in the middle of the show. Then at WrestleMania, I think they considered Hogan the bigger star than the championship itself. So Macho and Flair was on in the middle. Yeah. And now here we have another title match in the next pay-per-view. And it's not headlining the show. It's in the middle. No. Well, at least for the 92 era in that whole era, it kind of diminished the championship title a little bit by doing yes. that. Because you're saying, you know, your stars are bigger than the title at that point. Right. We get Undertaker versus Kamala. Yes. Can't wait for this. This was a hidden gem because I actually saw something that I I was hoping I'd see somewhere along these lines Mm -hmm. of watching Mm -hmm. old wrestling, and it happened. Yay. And Brett Bulldog for the IC title. Now, as much as they're diminishing the world title, I think this Mm -hmm. is the pinnacle of the Intercontinental title. 
I agree. I don't I think agree. it ever got any better than this, and I think the best run was from WrestleMania six to ten. Yeah, because you had I, the the Warrior with the title in the main event at six. Mm-hmm. Then you had Brett and Perfect like wrestling the shit out of that title. Yeah, Piper gets the belt at a WrestleMania. He didn't win it there. He loses it there, but he gets to be a champion at WrestleMania with that belt. Yeah. And then I think the last big yabba dabba do with it was that ladder match between Razor and Shawn. Razor and Shawn at ten, yeah. And then it kind of becomes a prop. Yeah. Like, do you have any like major IC title runs since that? I'd have to look back. Well, I mean, when The Rock. And and like Stone Cold, both of those guys had the IC title. It, it was on like their ladder towards yeah. the, towards the main title. I remember, like Austin wins it from Owen, but Owen breaks his neck, so he has to give it away. And he basically just throws it away. Yeah, it's like yeah. I don't even want this one. Yeah. And they turned in that dumb-looking oval thing for decades. Yeah. Yep. I mean, people made a big deal out of it because of the number of times they won it. It's like, Jericho's won it a million times. and mm-hmm. But besides that, I don't think it is ever bigger than between 6 and 10. I think that's the best no. four years. And I think this show is as good as it got. Yeah, I I had a lot of comments on that match. Once we get to that match, I'll be very happy to talk about it because I was truly blown away by that match. That, was, was, that was one that I didn't, uh, you know, I... I feel like I had seen the show in the past, but I just don't remember too much of it. So going back and watching it, I was just like, that was the way you had to end that show. Yeah, it was awesome. Definitely. Yeah, I think that never got bigger than this. I think that was the best. Here's how we're going to start, what a way. We got Mean Gene and the Bushwhackers. Yeah, so we just finished up with the Natural Disasters holding on to their titles, and we go straight into a promo with the Bushwhackers. I'm calling this the Bushwhackers just because. Uh, (laughs) You know, they're they're long cousins to Jimmy Hart. For some Uh, reason, uh, the Bushwhackers. For some reason, the Bushwhackers. It's just like, you don't have a match. I mean, I guess they might have had a dark match or... Yeah, they were in we actually both both of these guys because we saw the Nasties do an interview. Yeah, and we see the Bushwhackers do an interview, and both yeah. of those teams were in a six man. Yeah. Duggan was on the good guy side, and the Mountie was on the, the bad Mountie. side. Which prompts the question: Why not Sergeant Slaughter? Exactly, because we never saw that blow off anywhere. No, we never saw the blow off between the Mountie and Sergeant Slaughter. Or Bulldog Repo. We couldn't find that one either. Nope, couldn't find that one. So those ones just kind of fizzled out after yeah. the summer run. And Sergeant Slaughter is nowhere to be seen on this show. So no. we don't know what happens to him. Plus a couple of like other cast of characters uh, that they've been kind of pushing. You know, uh, El Matador. I think he has a match during this, but it's not on this show. It's El Matador and, uh, shoot, who does he fight? The dark matches yes. were Duggan's Bushwhackers, Mountie Nasties. Didn't get to see yeah. that. Shango Tito. Didn't get to mm. see that. that so it was, it was Shango and Tito. Yeah. yeah. And the yeah. other dark match is Tatanka and the Berserker. That one's cut That's for what it was. That guy doesn't make air. Yeah. But you don't see, like, Kerry Von Eric. They had Razor do a few things on Saturday Morning Superstars, but... I guess he's left off of this because he hasn't had enough build yet. Yeah, they don't have anything for him yet. Even though they had, you know, 8,000 weeks of promos for him. Well, because you wanted to know what the Bushwhackers thought (laughs) about whether or not Mr. Perfect will be in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Why are they asking the Bushwhackers? And and not only did we want to know how the Bushwhackers felt about this, but we wanted to know how they felt in fortissimo range they had to yell my God. the entire thing like okay so even if you had a match and we didn't see it fine whatever let's say that match is over it's done why are you still angry <laughs> yeah, we're still mad maybe they lost yeah why are you still yelling at the screen and then gene has to throw in a bunch of his i call these bad gene jokes and not bad bad, <laughs> bad genes bad i like genes. that yes bad genes jokes like there was a dentist trying to sell him a London bridge. Yes. Wah, 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 wah. And we weren't getting out of here without a throne joke. Yeah. Well, they had a favorite meal of royal sardines served on royal china. And then they might get to sit on the royal throne. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, throw him a rubber chicken and he would have been like, you know, good. 
We, we go to Lord Alfred Hayes, who is standing outside the Ultimate Warrior's dressing room. And how do mm-hmm. we know it's the Ultimate Warrior's dressing room? Because <laughs> it's got his face paint on it, of course. It's got his... It doesn't, it always. <laughs> it looks like someone took a paper plate mm-hmm. and cut out the Ultimate Warrior's face. Yes. Stuck it up with some tape. And we're supposed to believe that that's the <laughs> dressing room label they gave the ultimate warrior it looks no, like a third yeah. grader cut this thing out it is yeah. awful yes the hunt continues for the presence of mr perfect and alfred's outside the ultimate warrior's room and so this one is unlocked now you got to remember macho's was locked that's right he couldn't get um, in he could not get in but this one he said he, he could get in and uh, he was going to forego his his uh his ethics, his breach ethics. of ethics. He's going to breach his own ethics. ethics. Yes. And uh, just go right in. As soon as he opens the door, it's like somebody was, it's like they were waiting for him on the other side yeah. to open that door. It's like, that must be a very, very small locker room. Slams it real quick. Slams right real quick. And Alfred is just appalled. Yeah, he's talking about how rude that is. Meanwhile, he's breaking into a guy's exactly. dressing room. Exactly. And right. Vince, like, trying to sell it, he's like, Ha, 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 ha. Yes. Ha, ha, ha. What a great hilarious. segment. Yes. But it wasn't. It was pretty but it was not. Well, that's strike two. Strike three, we get Crush against Repo Man. Yeah. So we didn't start off great, but I would say this is the largest crescendo of crescendos that we could get going from Crush to Repo all the way to Bulldog and, and, and Brett at the end of this. I think we're... We're on an upslope from here on out. Yeah, you, you always start real soft. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and they started soft. We're building contrast, is what yes. you're saying. We're going to have this horrible Repo Crush match. Yeah. And this is going to make everything else look better. Yeah. Repo didn't even bring his good gear. He's not he all is. shiny and chrome. He's not all shiny and chrome. He just has his regular old outfit on. He's already in the ring. Down comes Crush. To his music that I don't remember hearing before. but I wrote I that down. I said new crush music with a yeah. question mark. He has like the little guitar like at the beginning. and, and But people knew it apparently over there. Well, I don't know. Maybe they didn't know it. They just knew that Repo was facing crush. Right. So as soon as they heard music, they could only assume that it was crush at that point. For some reason, Repo at one hour, four minutes and 49 seconds is mm-hmm. in the ring with his tow rope, jumping up and down like he's on a cowboy horse. <laughs> he's like, I'm in a duster. I got a rope. I'm a cowboy. I don't think Repo really got his gimmick. <laughs> you know, Repo men are not burglars. <laughs> no. Crush um, has, an, has, an, has a five-star mullet. Like somebody following him around with like a fan just so it can blow in the wind. Yeah. They get crushed into the ring and they're talking about like how, how big he is. Like Keenan's just like, this man is big. And, <laughs> and I think Vince says something like goes through his, he's like, what is he, six, seven, six, ten, six, eight, six, nine. And Keenan's just like, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> he's a big guy. Um, Repo is a big guy because yeah. he looks almost as tall as Crush. When yeah. they're standing face to face. Yeah. Like, Repo's just shitty posture makes him look shorter. But. That's what it is, because he's always, like, doing, like, the sneaky thing around, and that kind of diminishes him Yeah, a little bit. He doesn't have the big posture, like, when he was in Demolition. I'm surprised. Repo's not, like, a nimble dude, but he's bouncing all around for Crush. Like, he makes oh, yeah. it look like Crush does a one-hand tilt-the-world backbreaker yeah. on him. Repo's, yes. like, in full red-type mode. That's what I called this. I said this was a glorified squash match for yeah. Crush. Because Repo gets a couple of things in, but Crush, like, no sells. Right. Almost the entire match. Yeah, the only thing that Repo was able to get in was, like, some thumbs to the eyes and stuff. Exactly. The small chokes, the, the thumbs to the eyes, or something sneaky that would get him over, like, attacks at the beginning and, and little things like that. But there's no sells. It's just no sells. The only time Crush allows Repo to get the advantage on him is just so Crush can show how strong he is kicking out. So, mm-hmm. like, they yeah. give Repo a New York fall so Crush could, like, bench press him out the ring. Yeah. He starts off the match after his quick no-sell by pressing Repo about three or four times to... He's, he's like, working out with him. Yeah, <laughs> this match did nothing for Repo at all. This was all about Crush. Yeah, I think that's the whole point of it. Like, exactly. they used him as former partner. He's like, look, I, I trust you to make me look good. Yep. I mean, yep. Crush, if he wasn't such a shitty promo, had, like, everything you need to be a Hulk Hogan-type star. Yeah. He had just as many moves as Hogan. 
Yep. He had the look of like a, a big ass bodybuilder wrestler guy. Mm-hmm. But he just didn't have any charisma. No, he didn't, he could not do the promo. Plus, the outfit is just awful. Yeah, I mean, maybe back in '92 that looked cool, but like it, it did does not. not. It does not <laughs> age well at all. Bobby the Brain's like, oh, he's got an achy, breaky back. I was like, I miss <laughs> achy, breaky back. I remember that line. Oh goodness! Wow, Billy Ray Cyrus is so happy. Yeah, he's like, they remember me. A lot of this, you know, revolves around just the power moves that Crush can do. And Vince is pushing Crush the entire time, saying, like, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and and after he wins, like, Crush uses, like, a pro. (laughs) Yeah, of course, of course. Crush, like, turns around and you see his face in the camera, and he gives it, like, this snarl like he was still in demolition. Right. He's like, and I was like, no, no, wrong error, dude. <laughs> yeah, he twists up his tongue. Yeah. 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 I was like, oh, that's, that's old school crush. <laughs> well, I think the friendly crush was a little too friendly because he was like being Mr. Good Sport and, you know, holding the guy up for, mm-hmm. for a comedy mm-hmm. bit. And yeah. then he started like doing his promos where he's like, I'm not the nicest guy. Yeah. But he's like, you know, dressed like a clown and he's yeah. waving to the fans. So, I don't know. Is he supposed to be an edgy good guy? Because he's I not guess. all that edgy. Um, I guess. Well, Crush wins. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> Repo gets paid. Very anticlimactic. This folds right into the Ica Pro commercial. For everybody who cares about their body, even Mean Gene, Vince says. <laughs> Stop using Mean Gene as a model of fitness to sell your your nutrition supplement. Mean Gene yeah. looks like he spends six to eight hours at a craps table. Oh, yeah. The other 12 hours at the buffet. Which he pretty much did. Yeah. yeah. And then a few hours at the bar. Yeah. Mean Gene sure. does not look like he, he's eaten a vegetable in his life. No, Mean Gene was a partier. And it's just a, a replay of basically what they've been able to do in the last four weeks or so. All of this footage that they have stemmed from that initial interview that we had with the Macho Man and and uh, Ultimate Warrior. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit, they did a lot in four weeks. The recap is over seven minutes long. Yeah. That's how much the this package was. And I saw more in this recap of the primetime Nasty mm-hmm. Boys thing yeah. than we got when we were watching the highlights on Superstars. Because you see yeah. it like a good chunk of that end of match beat down. Yeah. Because in Superstars, you saw the Warrior get blamed for hitting Macho, which I still don't understand because just check the tape, dude. <laughs> yeah. And that's all you saw. But then they had this whole extended beat down. Yeah. Between the nasties, and, and we never got to see that. Nope. Warrior has his warrior tattoo. He does. We we hadn't seen that on TV yet. Nope, nope. He's got a giant tattoo of himself. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, seven-minute recap, or they go over it all. Yeah, they go through, like, every little bit of footage that they had on these two. I guess so. they couldn't really talk about their feud before because it really paint Macho in a bad light because he clocks uh, the warrior and costs him the title. So they mm-hmm. basically started from scratch with a brand-new story about just two guys who have a match, but then they start not being able to trust each other to play fair. And if you're going to do good guy, good guy, this was a good way to do it. Yeah, certainly. Now, according to Dr. Internet, Mm -hmm. uh, the wikiest of pedias, allegedly, Warrior pays off perfect, turns heel, Mm -hmm. wins the title. Okay. I don't believe any of that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's there's definitely a story behind that somewhere in the archives. But that is not what happens. No. Here's what we get. We get Vince and Bobby doing a bit about whether or not Perfect's in whose corner or what. Yes. And I don't know. This is really great timing because now, like, the sunset, now it's under the lights and you got your main event pretty much right at dusk. There was a WrestleMania that did that. And I don't know how they timed it, but like the Undertaker went on in the first match at night. Like everything was in the sunshine. And then the Undertaker comes out and it's dark. Warrior's out first. He almost trips coming down the uh, ring. They have the stage elevated. They have the stage up by about like three feet or so. Like it's got a pretty big step. And then they put the stage on top of that. Yeah. And the Warrior almost trips on it. Mm -hmm. Coming down the aisle. Yeah. He had a little problem getting up that step. I don't know if he didn't see it or he just slipped or, or what did not look good he changes up his outfit he's got the duster and it's usually themed to the match like he's got the the title on the back of it he's got the union jack on the back of it 
but he's yeah. wearing these airbrush things. Yeah. It's like the, I call it the Rob Van Dam. Yes. <laughs> it looks like Rob Van Dam. The first one I saw was the one where he had muscles, like spray mm-hmm. painted on himself. Yeah. Which he doesn't need because he's like crazy muscular. <laughs> yeah, he has enough. He doesn't need any more. This one's very similar, but it's like the inside. It's like the muscular structure. Yeah, he has no skin. It's Attack on Titans Warrior. <laughs> Next time you should just have his bones. He's always talking about like how his bones could beat you. Yes. It should just be his bones. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't wrestle with a muscular system. He's a skeleton. No, he exactly. Doesn't need eyes. Doesn't need any of that stuff. Yeah, just he's got bones. something written on there I could not decipher. Could you figure out mm-hmm. what was on the back of it? No, I tried to pause it at a couple of spots to see because it goes up his back, which is like the one sort of strap that goes up and then it divides into the two that goes over his shoulders and then like it comes down to his lower back and you can see where it says the ultimate warrior but there's like a whole sentence above that he's got like a thesis written on the back yeah, of the thing in exactly. like 90s airbrush so every letter yeah. is like edgy and i can't read a damn thing which is kind of funny because if he was to say it we wouldn't understand it either so no it's in warrior speak i'm sure of it that could be why I can't read it. The warrior is absolutely back to being the ultimate warrior size he used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's huge here. Yeah, because WrestleMania mm-hmm. 8, they're like, well, that's not him. Look how skinny the warrior is. That's not really him. He's, he must have died, and that's the new warrior. <laughs> that's the different warrior. But, no, he is completely jacked back up. Yeah, he's back to it, and he's absolutely huge here. I want to know, when did Macho start wearing like the full body outfits after he lost the title to hogan and became king okay but he didn't wear the hat for a while like he transitions i don't know what you'd call it but the the streamers coming off of the jacket Mm -hmm. stuff he was wearing as the macho king but he'd have the crown and he had the crown for a while and then he would trade the crown for the hat and then he kept this look for a a while until he went like NWO gotcha and and he had like the choochy chain on yeah the the early 90s threw up on him for this one because (laughs) it's every color it's every single goddamn color it's neon complete neon mostly pink I'm getting neon green, neon pink, neon orange, neon yellow, neon red. Yeah, Yeah, there's a little red in there. There's a little neon blue. It's crazy. There's a lot going on there. (laughs) He's got to simplify this down a bit. Exactly. He's trying to distract the ultimate warrior with his outfit. Meanwhile, the ultimate warrior is just muscles. (laughs) Muscles with muscles painted on him. Uh, Yes, exactly. The outfit was pretty good with Macho, even if it was completely ridiculous, except when he started mixing the jacket and the pants and the shirt with, like, three different versions of it. So he'd have, like, a green one with purple pants and, like, keep your crazy all together. (laughs) Like, I'm no fashion consultant, but I can kind of figure out that this is not good for the eyes. (laughs) You can't stare at you for very long. (laughs) They have, like, a seizure warning. Exactly before the show (laughs) tv 14 for adult violence language and crazy pants (laughs) i like how they try to uh pretend like these two faces might actually work like they do a handshake and it absolutely backfires where they completely posture it starts out as very friendly and they have to kind of ease into it because you don't know what the other guy is going to do and it looks like macho is going to kind of back away and come away from it but it's ultimate where that pulls him back right yeah this is a pretty back and forth match so savage gets like an early jump mm-hmm. and where actually falls down to sell a hit like he never really went to the ground all that much but he actually takes some actual bumps yeah. Where he, he lands on the ground. We've only seen Ultimate Warrior squash matches with him. Right. I haven't seen him fight anybody of macho status. So I was actually really impressed with this match, knowing what I know of the Warrior and how difficult it seemed that m- many of the wrestlers had with him. I thought Macho got a, a good bit out of him on this one. Yeah, I mean, usually they'd put him with, if they were going to have a longer match, if it wasn't going to be a squash fest, they'd put him with somebody really, really good. Like, Rick yeah. Rude was a common opponent of the Warrior, uh, mm-hmm. especially when he had a title, because Rick Rude can make him look good. Yeah. Macho had a bunch of matches with him. It was an absolute miracle, and I don't know how they did it, that WrestleMania Six was, like, a really, really great match. Because you had Hogan, yeah. who, you know, he's Hogan. Yeah. 
and you had the warrior who's the warrior and somehow you had two pretty bad wrestlers have an unbelievably great match yeah. other than that they wouldn't trust him like he was always with somebody who could like bounce around and, and like really run the match for him yeah and macho does it this is nothing like the wrestlemania 7 match which no. uh, surprised me like it's a different match yeah this one this one was fun to watch macho sold huge for the warrior in a couple of spots yeah on this and even warrior took some bumps over the top rope to the ground yeah remember when the rock faces hogan and hogan's supposed to be the big bad nwo guy but everybody's so mm-hmm. gra- glad to see him and the rock was so in and out that like the fans were kind of like i asked a rock yeah and, you know, he's here till the next movie so the rock started playing it like a heel yeah. savage who actually gets the bigger pop at first doesn't yeah. get the bigger reaction during the match so he starts like working his heel shit in he starts cheating yeah he starts pulling some tights he starts doing i'll be the bad guy yeah savage starts doing some heel moves looking like he's frustrated towards the end of the match because the the beginning of the match was very wrestling oriented actually they had a lot of their big hits like it wasn't like hold after hold like the the bulldog and brett but it was like the back and forth made sense so it didn't take away from either of them. Warrior starts losing this paint, and the paint comes and goes with the warrior. Like, he had the full face thing, mm-hmm. which I loved. It was like the mystique of him. Because you're not calling him by a name in the Ultimate Warrior's a nickname. He is yeah. the Ultimate Warrior. So the face paint yeah. was always like a secret identity. Mm-hmm. And when it peeled off, I never really dug it because it's like unmasking Batman. Yeah, then, even though it was just face paint, it was hard to tell what his actual face looked like. Right, and I liked that about him. And then when yeah. they made him champion, they really dialed it down to try to humanize him a bit. Mm-hmm. Like they had the, the symbol just on his cheek as opposed yeah. to oh, the yeah, symbol yeah. being on his face. Yeah. So I always like covered up Warrior. I didn't want to see his face. I always no. thought it was like uh, pulling back the curtain too much. Yeah. There's actual psychology. Like Savage hurts his back, Warrior hurts mm-hmm. his neck, and they mm-hmm. sell that as much as Warrior will sell anything. I love the move where Savage grabs him by the head slash neck area and then he jumps over the top rope and gives him the clothesline. I had that over the top rope neck slingshot. That's yes. awesome. I love that move. There's action going going both ways because there's savage going over the rope and there's Mm -hmm. the warrior slingshotting back into the ring so it's like really kinetic to watch i I like that one too i had that down yeah there is a brutal looking pile driver savage doesn't look like he has him high enough and when the warrior lands i'm like did he get messed up yeah i mean there's reasons why that move gets banned later on because so many people got injured from it every time i see it the tombstone pile driver is much easier to catch the person but when you sit back i don't i just don't know how that's possible to keep their head off from bouncing off the ground yeah i mean first of all taker is friggin enormous yeah and he's extremely strong and can hold Mm -hmm. up a guy and he goes to his knees not the guy's head yes exactly when he's setting him up he can kind of feel where the guy's head is so he knows like where his knees are in that respect like when you go back i think it doesn't allow you like that same leeway yeah you can't uh, control it no and the other guy is just completely at your mercy i mean it's not like the guy who's landing on his head has any way to protect himself no it's all the guy that's doing it they continue the psychology where continues to work on his back while savage continues to work on his neck so there's a lot of good storytelling Savage tries to suplex the warrior at one spot. <laughs> yeah. But he just can't. Yeah, his back gives out. Because his back gives out yeah. going on there. First gorilla press in forever. This is the first gorilla press I've seen since yeah. he returned. Yeah, well, I guess he was able to do it again. Really, really smart cue because you can tell when it was time to get the match into like full story mode because it was a great mm-hmm. match. Like, you didn't need flair and perfect in this thing, and no. it, was a, it was an entertaining match. Yeah. But but now it's like story time. The yeah. first time it spills out from the ring onto the ground. The second time that happens, they get back in the ring. And the moment they get back in the ring is the cue for Flair and Perfect to come down. Yeah. Hefner, like, bites it twice. I've never seen yeah. the, the referee get knocked out twice. Yeah, he got, he got done twice. The first time, not so bad. So he was back in pretty quickly. But the second one took him a little while. So it was a double ref knock. So the story gets told. Flair and, and Perfect come down to the ring, and you know they're just kind of sitting in the middle. He's not sitting in either person's corner. So who's he going to be? Who's he going to be? Macho goes off the ropes, and you see Perfect trip him. 
Right. So Vince's immediate reaction is that Ultimate Warrior sold out. Ultimate Warrior sold out. Ultimate Warrior sold out. And he's pushing that right. for a while. So like when he first starts saying that, and I remember you said last week how there was like the lore is that Ultimate Warrior was supposed to turn heel. I wonder if that was still kind of being played out in Vince's mind a little bit. Because as soon as Perfect does that, Vince is all over the Ultimate Warrior sold out. Ultimate Warrior sold out. Right. I don't know if he's just trying to like work the story in, but mm-hmm. it would be interesting. Like The Warrior would not get booed. No. I think the only thing that would do is turn Perfect face. <laughs> yeah. Like, if Perfect helped The Warrior... I think they would actually cheer it. I don't think the heel turn would have worked. Because no. these guys haven't seen the Warrior in ever, right? And, yeah. you know, how yeah. often is he in a European tour, especially he was gone for almost a year? Mm-hmm. Like They're probably so happy to see him. He could like light the queen on fire. And say, <laughs> yeah, right on, man. Yay, Ultimate Warrior. Yay. <laughs> USA. The, the queen would be happy. <laughs> I remember watching this and not buying any of it because... I didn't think either one of these guys were going to acquire the services. Mm-hmm. But then Flair nails the warrior with a chair, and then, yes. like, the cat's out of the bag. Like, neither of these guys are working for anybody. No. And you knew that. I mean, well, not when this originally happened. You know, as a high school student watching this, you might have thought maybe. But watching it now, you just know it's just like they're playing both of them. Yeah. The only thing that this did for me while I was watching it as a kid is making me think that this interference was going to ruin the match and Macho would lose the belt. That was my bigger concern. I didn't think either one of them was in the other's corner, but I just Mm -hmm. thought that their interference was going to screw up the end of the match. Yeah. And it, it doesn't. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't. No, the, no. It it added more to the story, and it kept Ultimate Warrior and Savage endeared to the fans. The way that this whole thing ended, it just made Flair and Perfect more hated, which is what they wanted, and it made Macho and Warrior more loved. Yeah. So at the end, Warrior gets nailed by a chair by Flair. Flair with the chair. Yeah. Savage takes a look and goes like, "Well, I didn't beat him up. Wait a minute. It must be you guys. I know. I didn't pay you." So you're not doing this on my behalf. Yeah. He obviously didn't pay you. You laid him out with a chair. Wait a minute. <laughs> Uh-oh. We've been hornswoggled. <laughs> yes. We've been bamboozled. Golly gee whiz. They pull a mask off a of flare, and it's old man Willerby, and he would have gotten away with it. <laughs> it weren't for those kids. That's right. So Savage teases the elbow off the top. Yes. But jumps after Flair instead. And this yeah. is a bigger story than SummerSlam. So here's the deal. This is some next level stuff. Okay. All right. So Savage jumps off the rope trying to nail Flair, who's on the floor. Yes. Instead of that happening, Flair hits Savage with a chair. With a chair. And takes out his knee. Yes. And then they start working on his knee. And Mm -hmm. the warrior eventually makes the save for Savage. Mm -hmm. But this thing airs August 31st in the United States. Okay. Hershey, Pennsylvania, still selling the injury from the night before, which actually was a couple days before, but the mm-hmm. night before. Savage fights Flair with a bad wheel, gets caught in the figure four leg lock, and because he has his injured leg, passes out from the pain and loses the title the next day. The so, very next day. So wow. if, you're in, if you're in Hershey, even though the timeline, because of the tape delay, there's a couple days between this match and the Hershey match. Mm-hmm. As far as Mr. USA is concerned, you and Hershey Park yeah. uh, would have seen SummerSlam, saw his knee get hurt, see yeah. him hobble in Hershey for this match where the brave soldier is going to fight no matter what and mm-hmm. lose the title that night. Wow. Now, it won't air for two weeks. Yeah. Because of, you know, the way that they were filming Superstars and, and stuff like that. They were doing a month's worth of shows. Yeah. But you and Hershey would have seen this match and the Hershey match back-to-back and now know why he lost the title. Wow. So, when they start talking Plan B... Yes. That's a lot the... of Plan B promo after the match. Yeah, yes. but that's it. It was a schmozzy ending, but I think for the crowd, it was a very satisfying ending because... Ultimate Warrior wins the match. Right. But Savage doesn't lose the title. Yeah, everybody gets a trophy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. It's one of those. Yeah, and we're ready to pass the belt on the flare to pass it on the Brett. Yep, exactly. The tape-delayed timeline 
is the 31st SummerSlam airs in the United States. Mm-hmm. Hershey is September 1st. He loses the title. It airs two weeks later on September 14th. And then Brett wins it a month later on October 12th, which is probably the next set of taping. Wow. So we're going to see a lot of uh, interesting things go down within the next two months of Saturday Morning Superstars. Yeah, we're, we're in for it. I love it. I love it. Mean Gene is backstage with Perfect and Flair. Yeah. They say the deal, like, was between flair and perfect right so that that clears that up perfect was in flair's corner yeah had we known yes and (laughs) they're ready for plan b and plan Plan b B. as we all know yes plan a was just a showcase Mm -hmm. plan b the real lab is on isla sona and the dinosaurs are free range there (laughs) there are no cages and life has found a way oh Oh, we should go there. <laughs> we should not go yeah, there. Yeah, I think we should totally go there. It I'm never sure ends well. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. See, dinosaurs? I don't know why they didn't just take the opportunity to promote the next couple of events. Like, it's plan B. It's plan B. It wouldn't have been hard at all to be like, we took out your legs. We got a match on primetime wrestling. I'm going to mm-hmm. win. Like, Done. Yeah, explain that's, that's... plan B. Yes, that's the plan. That's the plan. I beat the shit <laughs> yeah. out of you, and we got a match coming up, and you're going to lose. We don't have to keep it a secret. That's right. <laughs> Get the official attendance. Yeah. When I read, I believe it's the wiki page, it was 80,000, hold on, I want to say 676. Yeah, they announced 8355. Yeah. So, wait, let me see here. What did it say on the wiki? It said 300 people left during the crush match. <laughs> This one says 80,355, but there was another one that I read that said something different. Well, I remember them saying 90,000 when they first opened the thing and it sold out and 10,000 people vanished. Yeah. We get Dr. Harvey Whippleman. Ah, here it comes. Introducing Kamala. Yes, he calls the Fink Little Man. (laughs) I know. I was like, you're Harvey Whippleman. You're three foot one. You're 80 pounds. Exactly. He announces Kamala coming down the aisle with kimchi. I feel like uh, Kamala coming down the aisle here. It's a very long aisle. I said he had to do a 5K. <laughs> to get to the three. I, mean, he, I, I think he just wanted to get down there to the ring because it was such a long aisle. Because usually when he's coming down, he doesn't know where he is. There's a little hesitancy in the aisle. He might go over a mug at some audience members or whatever this time he's just straight down the aisle straight okay. towards oh my god i gotta get the all the way there oh. yes exactly he's not taking his time at all going down there he just wanted to get there get this sucker over with i have written down that he seems rather tame yeah. coming into the ring yeah. he didn't do like a lot of his like crazy antic stuff like when he gets in he starts slapping his belly and everything but he on the outside of the ring so confused yeah, exactly. 80,000 80? people in England. Like, you should have no friggin' idea what's yeah. going on. Like, why am I here? I'm here to kill somebody. I know that's my that's my role in life. Why am I doing it in front of all of these people? How did I even get here? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and some flying concoction that I had never <laughs> even seen before got me here from the States. When I got into the States, I came over in a box. I mean, you know. <laughs> It, now put me on that plane, un- Hannibal. <laughs> it's unfathomable uh, how I got to this this place and am put in front of these this amount of people. Yeah. Um, uh, just tell me who I have to kill. You should be freaking uh, out. So I can, yeah, so I can get out of here because this is freaky. There is a, a lot of classic stuff that happens here, like stuff that is going to be in clips for decades. Mm-hmm. We get the gong, the Undertaker coming in. This might... Uh. Be I love it. like the first ridiculous. Like I'd have to go back to the WrestleManias uh, since he turned good. Yeah, but I this might be like the first over the top kind of entrance because he is riding the back of a uh, like a murdered out Ecto One from yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, English hearse. Yeah, like, an English hearse is what I called it because you got the guy on the on the right side of the car with Bobby Heenan saying the steering wheel's on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he's uh, hanging on the back. He's hanging on the back. He's got the big coffin in there. Meanwhile, Paul Bearer doesn't even get to ride. He's just 
walking out in front with the urn. So now not only is Undertaker following the urn, but the hearse is as the hearse. well. Yeah, that was really maybe the remote control. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, one hour, 56 minutes, 29 seconds in, there is a classic cutaway of two fans. They're emo, bad mustache, Undertaker cosplayers. Mm-hmm. One's a girl, one's a guy. And these fans, you see them for decades whenever yeah. they do an Undertaker thing. Yeah. Because, you know, they actually look like his mood. They got the hair. I mean, they went all out. This is like they, cosplay before cosplay. Yeah, they love that stuff. Yeah. You'll see these two. You'll see the guy with the big eye bulge when he gets pinned at WrestleMania. Like, mm-hmm. when you see oh, cutaways yeah. of fans, these two are usually part of the package. Yeah. We got a Tron visible. We were wondering how the hell you would be able to see anything. Yeah. And they've, they've finally, like, got a camera shot of, of a Tron. They got the, a giant monitor. Yeah, I think as it started to get dark out and they were doing, like, the wider shots, it was easier to see the Tron. because yeah. we saw, like, these giant wide-angle shots and we're like, how the hell is anybody seeing anything? We get Kamala attacking. It quickly turns over to Undertaker. Undertaker attacks first with chops and a choke. And once again, we've got Undertaker with his toolbox of, of gimmick moves right. that he always does. But he does them so well. You know, he's got the chop with the with the straight fingers that goes under the neck. That's the starter. He goes into the choke with a very straight arm. We see old school. We see the flip over the top rope. This one I actually like because it, it, he flips over the top rope and Kim Chi and Whippleman are standing there on either side of him. He just goes straight into chokes on both I, of them. I had that down. Like that he goes over the awesome. top rope onto his feet like he usually does immediately yeah. into a double choke. Yeah. <laughs> Where he grabs, like, both managers. That was awesome. And Whippleman had to, like, get into position because he was on the other side of the ring not too uh, far before that, you know, yeah. causing trouble. And then he runs around. At 1 hour, 59 minutes, 22 seconds in, Danny Davis tells The Undertaker to watch the throat chops. And The Undertaker does, like, the Michael Myers head spin towards him. <laughs> and Danny Davis is like, you know what, never mind. So, so it's good. <laughs> You do you, man. Yeah, exactly. It's all good, blood. (laughs) (laughs) Some some guy spent a fortune on, like, ripping off a corner packing box uh, flap and writing, rest in peace, Kamala. Like, that was his sign. Hey, man, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, it wasn't much thought. It is. (laughs) Kamala gets a series of both his moves in. Yeah, and here's where I feel like if I'm Kamala and I'm playing this gimmick as the best as I can, to this point, I have faced a bunch of guys that I have just annihilated. Right. Right? And all of a sudden, I've got this guy attacking me and actually starting to beat me up. If I'm Kamala in that situation, I would just, like, run at him. (laughs) Yeah. Just run at him with all of my weight. You know, no, don't don't try chops. Don't try throwing them into the ropes. Don't try, you know, chokes, any of that stuff. Just run at him. (laughs) The ultimate Kamala thing was he really doesn't know why he's there. He's freaked out. He has a spear. He just like stabs the Undertaker and starts eating him in the middle of the ring. Exactly. (laughs) Like the commentators, like, holy shit! (laughs) Like what the (laughs) fuck just happened? Whippleman just starts vomiting. It's like, oh my god! Right in the middle of the ring, it's like Vince is just on there going, "Ha! Look at that! <laughs> look at that! God damn it! There's blood everywhere." He even saying, "Well, that took a turn." Yeah, the best. Uh, uh, that'd be awesome. Well, we're actually going to extend this feud. Remember, I said I remember like a huge Kamala casket. Yeah. We're yeah. going to get that, I think, at Survivor Series. So in order to extend this thing, Kim Chi doesn't let the match end. He comes in mm-hmm. and hits the Undertaker with his hat. Yeah, in his abdomen, as Vince said. Hey, touch of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I guess so. That's in cool, his Vince. In ad- abdomen area uh, there. I think he was trying to hit him in the balls, Vince, but he went... <laughs> He went for the abs, so we get the DQ. But it allows Kamala to attack, and it actually puts the Undertaker down, and then we get the classic, classic Undertaker where he looks like he's out, completely dead, and just does the straight-up sit-up. I love this thing. I remember seeing it as a kid, and just yeah. like me and my friends like going absolutely crazy. So yeah. 
Kamala ends up splashing the Undertaker, and then he mm-hmm. can progressively splashes him from higher and higher places. So he goes yes. from the uh, first rope, second rope, and then he goes off the. Does he go off the top? I don't remember. Uh, I thought it was the second. Rope. Yeah. I think it's the second rope. Oh, he does. It's uh, two hours, two minutes, and fifty seconds in. Kamala off the top rope. Yep. Oh, okay. That's crazy. Nice. Yeah, good for you. Nice. So the Undertaker's been like out, and you think, mm-hmm. all right, well, that did it. Yeah. And you can see in the background Paul Bear with his hand up, and it's yes. two hours, three minutes, four seconds in. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw his hand up, I'm like, oh my God, this is the one. He slaps his hand on the ring, which awakens the Undertaker. He springs up like a goddamn ah. jack in the box, and then he twists his head towards Kamala like Linda Blair from The Exorcist. I'm <laughs> like, oh, that. He gets resurrected by Paul Bearer with his hand slap. Yeah. And then he sits right up and does the head turn right towards him. And everybody's like, holy shit, holy <laughs> shit. And Kamala's scared shitless. He's falling all over himself trying to get out of yes. there. The, the Undertaker's stalking him. <laughs> Paul Bearer looks like a boss. He's got the urn and he's pointing at it. He's like, you are fucked, dude. You're just so (laughs) fucked. (laughs) This is probably the slowest chase I've ever seen down the aisle. Because first of all, the aisle is forever long. And after The Undertaker sits up, Kamala's quote unquote running back. And Undertaker's doing like the Michael Myers, like, I'm going to catch you even though I'm walking. Yeah. Type thing. (laughs) And Kamala's acting the blonde chick. He keeps on falling down. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. This is the end of a horror movie right here. Yeah. That's right. (laughs) Uh, I mean, for what it was, it was great. Yeah. I'll take it it any day. And it it sets up the next feud, which I believe you're right will probably be the casket match. That should be pretty fun. That's why your tights are $2,000 on eBay, Kamala. Awesome. Exactly. We chase each other to the back, and we go to Sean Mooney. Yeah, because right now, Tatanka Berserker would have been going on, and that's cut for time, so mm-hmm. no one gets to see that. Bulldog promo, Bulldog which I have promo. labeled as, I don't know you, m- Yeah, that's basically where he went. So they, you know, pushing the family pressure angle, not just the family angle, but the family pressure angle dun, 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 dun. and uh, uh dun, 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 bulldog's dun, dun. big line here is as you just said when i step in the ring i have never met you i just hope the family reunites after the match <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm gonna beat the shit out of this person that i have never met in my life and then we'll get back together and have hot dogs people complain about the current product being overproduced but mm-hmm. at least there's attention to detail there's no way in the modern era would you have this promo for your main event be mm-hmm. shot in front of a corkboard with yeah. jd mcdougall limited. <laughs> limited behind yes. you like is the shittiest background in all yeah. of all time like this would yeah. look like a studio pretty lousy but bulldog promo not bad yeah i i thought he did a decent job like he he wants it like he's telling me he wants it yeah brett gets so, the a team he gets mean gene of course of course, and he's uh, and he's like, he's you don't know me. Yeah, he's basically, I made you. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I want to know, like, does Windsor Castle actually have a dungeon? I I don't know because Brett goes into this whole thing. So Bulldog is saying that, like, to be in England, you know, this is a dream for him, and of course, that's an easy opening for Brett to say, well, I'm going to turn your dream into a nightmare, and you're going to wake up in the dungeon at Windsor Castle. Yeah, when he said the dungeon, I thought, why is he at his dad's house? (laughs) Yeah, I know. And all of a sudden, I'm just, just like, for some reason, I'm just, like, picturing the queen at Windsor Castle surveying the dungeon area. You're like, yes, this will do. (laughs) (laughs) We have a dungeon. (laughs) Or there's a tour. Yeah. Why is Davey Boy Smith in there? (laughs) (laughs) Or his bones, at least. Yeah. Yeah. We don't get the match because we have Piper and some Pipers piping. Yes, the Ball Morale Highlanders. They ain't no Highlanders. There's too many of them. There can be only one. <laughs> well, that's what they were. And and I was, uh, you know, unless they had that piped in, I didn't know Piper could pipe. I knew he could pipe, but I was thinking how, like, I'd be freaked out. Yeah. Because, you know, if I'm an amateur piper and I have to go on stage in front of everybody and yeah. actually try to hold my own with, like, actual pipers. Yeah. 
he does a solo. Yeah, yeah. And then they join in, and he looks down and like, okay, we're, we're marching with it, and he gets himself in step, and he nails it, man. I know. I was very impressed. Well, I, I have to say, if you're a Scottish person and you're learning how to bagpipe, that's the first song that you learn. Yeah, this that's might be like five thing. easy pieces for exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's up there. You have to learn that one. Yeah, I guess he does his thing, and then we are back to Sean Mooney with Diana Smith giving us another Oscar-worthy performance. I said lowercase a acting. <laughs> yes, exactly. No emotion whatsoever. She's wearing like Bambi's skin. <laughs> yeah she's in this deer pelt yeah it's really awful and I'm like is she trying to springboard an acting career out of this because yeah when she was doing the earlier promos it looked like her audition reel but she is awful in this promo yeah she goes on this tangent towards the end of it about you know how she is unique because she gets to go to the front lines of battle like no woman has ever been able to do that yes yeah it's like you're not sally ride yeah exactly <laughs> bulldog's wife and Hart's sister yeah just sit there and try and cry as much as possible now i can see how diana looks like owen mm-hmm. yeah look at goddamn bit. thing like anybody else like, <laughs> no now brett doesn't look like either of them but i can see yeah definitely diana and owen look look like each other I'm not saying that Stu should get some DNA tests, but <laughs> Stu should get some DNA tests done. Yeah. You see Stu Hart and Helen Hart on Maury Povich? <laughs> In the case of Brett the Hitman Hart. <laughs> Stu, you are not the father. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, Helen Hart gets up. I knew I knew it. <laughs> Yeah. Stu's just there inert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. The anvil's ducking out of the way. <laughs> Wasn't me, man. Oh. oh man. And then they still have Diana with that deadpan face trying to cry in the front row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all she can do. Uh Rule Britannia because Davy comes out first and I do not know if they do that today. I think they would uh save him for last regardless of who oh, the champion yeah. was. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they don't do that anymore. They got Lennox Lewis as the hype man. Yeah. Pre-dreads. Like, this was not advertised at all. Mm-mm. There was no advertising that said Lennox Lewis was going to be there or that he was going to be in Bulldog's Corner or whatever. And it's basically just to promote Lennox Lewis. Right. At that point, because eventually Vince gets around to it saying that he is going to be fighting Razor Ruddock. And of course, Bobby has to go on his little Razor Ramon, gets him, <laughs> gets him all mixed up there. So I did a little digging and I looked up that match, which was in October of 92. And Lewis defeats Ruddock in the second round by knockout. Yeah. Lance uh, Lewis was no joke. He became yeah. like Tyson level champion. Yeah. Whatever that is in boxing. I'm not a boxing guy, but yeah, no, neither am I. Yeah. I remember him like being like basically the shit. So that was that was kind of cool to see him, you know, waving the Union Jack there. Yeah. For for British Bulldogs. No. So. Brett comes out and you'd expect them to get booed out of the building, but they were only shooting fans that were uh cheering for both guys. Like you yeah. never saw a booing fan. Exactly. Ever. And Vince Vince actually pushed that too. He says, Listen to this ovation. Right. For Brett. And I was just like, okay. I didn't really hear any more of an ovation. I heard more of an ovation for Davy Boy. Yeah, because if you're going to make Brett the champion, this is like the worst possible debut of that push. Mm -hmm. Like, let's put him in England against an English guy, have him lose his title, get booed out of the building, and then make him the champion. The fact that Hart got out of this looking as good as he did was uh, a miracle maybe of editing but yeah sure does it brett gives his glasses to a fan i thought like the english kid should like toss them back at him like somebody <laughs> hitting a home run ball in the opposite yeah. ballpark be like Fuck your glasses yes you're from canada <laughs> you're not from here i don't want your glasses that's right we get some real wrestling in this match 
obviously this is the showstopper. This is the match that made the night. And I said, it's hard to actually do this show for a match like this, because I think our job, as I have kind of defined it on watching these Saturday morning shows and that kind of stuff, is just to make fun uh, of the matches as much as possible, especially since the, the bulk of them are squash matches. Right. So all I'm sitting here doing is writing down cool move after cool move after cool move yeah this this match i was like this was an awesome match it was really good i saw moves that i absolutely remember from childhood and i don't see anymore that i wish i did like the bulldog's crucifix just is awesome Mm -hmm. like yeah somehow jumps grabs the guy's left arm with his arms his right Mm -hmm. arm with his legs and flips backwards to pin him yeah awesome it's just absolutely awesome. And Bulldog, I mean, he's yeah. not the tallest guy in the world, but he is huge, and he's doing, like, Lucha Libre moves. Yeah, yeah, he was doing moves I have never seen the Bulldog do before. And he's a power guy who actually knew how to do holds. Yeah, you see him on a Saturday morning show, and he's just doing all his power moves. But he was leaping all over the place and selling the bumps really well, too. So as good as this match is, and it's absolutely, you're right, it's like all we do is do a play-by-play about how awesome it is. Yeah. But in Brett's book, and he said it a couple other times, like he's a little pissed off about this match. Well, for, first of all, because Brett, Brett's kind of like Brett's, a curmudgeon. Brett's pissed off about everything. He's a curmudgeon. But, um, he is. And he also like loves to give someone praise while also giving himself praise and also burying the guy he's praising. Because he's mm-hmm. like saying how he's... Really proud of it because he carried Bulldog through it, which is kind of like a... I'm real proud of me uh, for getting him, who sucks, through this great match. Yeah. But he's also really pissed off at the Bulldog before this because just getting him to the match... Like, Bulldog apparently was hanging out with the Anvil smoking crack leading up into this thing. And he's like, what are you doing? We got this, like, major match to put on. And you're, like, doing crack with the Anvil. How are you going to be in any condition to do this match? But much like the Hawk thing, I couldn't see it in this thing. He does not look like he's hung over from a crack bender. No, he does not. He He looks like a million bucks. He looks like he's, you know, he was focused. And the moves that he was pulling off doesn't look like anything that he could do three sheets to the wind yeah vince apparently didn't know the finish now i don't know if that quote's correct i'm pretty sure vince knew exactly who was going to win this match i don't know if he knew how it was going to play out whatever you guys have figured out for the end but make sure a bulldog leaves with the goddamn belt yeah so when they say vince didn't know the finish i do not think like why did brett win (laughs) it's the screwdriver in reverse reverse. (laughs) i got you vince yeah (laughs) Brett doesn't screw Brett. Brett mm-hmm. leaves with the title. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the fact that Brett was supposed to leave with the title here leaves Vince not trusting him in 97. Exactly. <laughs> See? It all comes full circle. I can't trust this guy to drop a title. Yeah. Remember Wembley? I do. I do. God damn it. I do. Really, everybody gets their shit in. It tells a great story. I love the pin at the end was awesome. Like the thing that actually yeah. ends the match. Yes. Because yeah. it's like Hart gets himself into trouble and it's a reversal of his own move and the Bulldog pins him yeah. basically out of nowhere. When I saw that, I was like, holy shit, that was awesome. Yeah. There's a couple of really cool moves that, that got pulled off on this one. One of my favorites, and I don't know if it was right or not, or it's just how it turned out, but Bulldog is outside of the ring and Brett's inside. He jumps over the top rope, grabs Bulldog in what looks to be like a headlock and almost kind of does like this reverse snap mirror from that angle. Yeah. Which was just crazy. I was like, was that supposed to happen like that? Because if it was, that was really, really cool. The other one was the very rare at this time superplex. Yes. That Bulldog pulls off. You see the superplex like all the time these days. And it's like super non-effective. But when you see it here in 1992, you expect like Brett to go down and that's it. You know, superplex, it's over. And he kicks out. And, you know, in this day and age, it's like, what? Like the crowd just goes nuts at that point. Yeah. I mean, to take something as stupid as a sunset flip and have it 
be reversed into the pin that ends the match. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, Brett, put this shit together. And it's oh, yeah. like awesome. Because he allows himself to get out wrestled. And what mm-hmm. a way to put over the new guy than to have like Mr. Mega Wrestler, Bester is, etc., get out wrestled for the title. Yeah. I could have done without the wife cam. Yeah. The picture in picture of Diana every once in a while is like, all right, she's got what looks to be cheers. Throw her on the camera. <laughs> yeah. She looks upset. Get her. Camera two. Get her. Get her. Back on there. Yeah, I think that happened two or three times. I have it written down here, at least two. Picture in picture of Diana. More picture in picture of Diana. They tease a spoil sport pissy Brett at the end of the thing where he doesn't want to shake yes. Miss Hand. Yeah. Uh, but- I wonder if that's a they tease or he teases. Like, was that Brett just being Brett? Or did somebody say, you know, look like you're going to leave the ring twice before you go back and... and Give him the, the handshake. I think Brett's character, like if Brett's writing the book of who he is, he hates losing more than he likes winning. When he loses, he really angers him because he shouldn't have lost a, a wrestling match. You know, when it was Sean, he doesn't shake his hand because he doesn't like Sean. Mm-hmm. And he kind of feels like he got screwed out of the title because he had a 60 minute match. They went 60 yes. minutes. Sean doesn't win. I keep yeah. the belt. I'm going home. What? I have to wrestle another... It's overtime. Yeah, sudden de- death. Now I've lost yeah. it. Fuck this guy. You know, like I don't like him. I don't like how this played out. And he leaves pissy. So when he comes back, yeah. he has a beef. So that was kind of a, a good thing there. But yeah. here, he gets out wrestled and he's pissed off. But he kind of comes around to the fact, you know what? It's one match. It's just a title that I can win back sure. if I need to. It's not worth blowing up my whole family. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the moment where he puts his professional life aside and comes back to what's really important, like his sure. family life. So I think that's the difference between Whiny Brett and both of those title losses. Yeah. Now, I wonder how much Diana inserted herself in this. I don't know. I don't know how much she wanted to be a part of the thing, if she wanted to travel, if it was just a one and done. It looked yeah. like, you know, she kind of wanted to make a career out of something well, on screen exactly i think this was this this will be my moment i'm yeah, gonna be a star <laughs> and you know intercontinental macho had miss elizabeth and i was mm-hmm. thinking hey maybe uh yeah instead he gets matilda the dog i mean whatever <laughs> yeah yeah i don't remember if i see her after this i think this was it i don't remember seeing a lot of diana hart smith after this yeah. plays out and then like she's in the she's like knows the uh choreography better than brett like yeah bulldog has brett's hand and diana's holding brett's hand she's like i'm not married to you i'm in the <laughs> middle i'm holding both your hands i'm the connective tissue between yes. you guys don't you understand this is kind of like the end of wrestlemania 8 where warrior has to like grab hogan's yeah. hand for him and goes look we're the we're the we're the good guys yeah uh, she's like, yes. no, I go in the middle. I go yeah, in the I'm, middle. I'm the, I'm the middle of the centipede. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heart centipede. Oh, worst movie ever. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole thing. That's yeah, SummerSlam. we end with Brett and Bulldog and Diana in the ring hugging each other. Uh, gonna go back and Bulldog's gonna snort a few lines and it'll be good. <laughs> yeah, he, he and the Anvil will. Uh, yeah. Go free base something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> go free base Matilda. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and that's it. The yeah. one of the weirder things is this Intercontinental Championship match is great. You know, mm-hmm. the perfect one was good, but this one and the dragon winning from Macho. Oh, yes. Really great title changes for the Intercontinental Belt, but neither guy really sticks around. No. Bulldog's going to be gone to WCW pretty soon. He doesn't really stick around as IC champ very long. No. And he'll come back and he'll do stuff with Lex, but it's a little weird that you get these like super title change matches that are just like really good. You can yeah. revisit them for decades, but the champions don't really do anything with the run bulldog's run is like nothing meanwhile this is it we should be hitting superstars really taking a left turn 
like macho getting out of the wrestling business pretty much they're trying to turn him into a commentator soon perfect has to take the place of the warrior who's going to disappear yeah Flair has been told look you can go back to wcw but we're going to be pushing new guys and you're too old which is hilarious because flair yeah. is like younger than aj styles was is now Oh, yeah. Flair's in his prime. And Brett's going to carry the company for a bit. So Mm -hmm. Superstars is about to start the new generation. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of all plays out in the next couple of weeks. Because I think we talked about it last week or maybe the week before. Survivor Series is not that far away. In in comparison from WrestleMania to SummerSlam, you got SummerSlam to Survivor Series. That's only about eight weeks. Now, they've already started with a few things. So we were looking at... Nails Boss Man is going to be in there. Yep. And then Kamala, Kamala and The Undertaker. So we've already got a couple of things brewing for, for Survivor Series at this point. So well, we're supposed to have the ultimate maniacs. Savage is supposed to be teaming with Warrior. It's the ultimate yeah. maniacs. But mm-hmm. Warrior flakes out. Perfect replaces him. As a good yes. guy, he turns on Flair. So he's going to turn face. In he's going to turn weeks. face, and Flair and Ramon are the opponents. And eventually, when Flair kind of gets the ultimatum, hey, stick around if you want, but we're not pushing old people. Mm-hmm. Flair goes back to WCW, and in order for that to work, Perfect defeats Flair in a get-the-hell-out-of-the-WWF match. Gotcha. So, yeah, we got uh, good things coming. Yeah, so like a... a- a good uh, transition in the next eight weeks to a whole different looking brand i think yeah and this is where you know you said you dropped off at this time we're not too far off from my drop off because i didn't have a tv for that first year in college so uh in the dorm i did not get to see anything yeah in like 93 early 94 okay all right so it's gonna be cool we'll, we'll both be uh uh, new to this stuff. Sayonara, England. Sayonara, England. Uh, uh, Shawn Michaels actually left a while ago, so yeah. I'm not even going to say. He left last week. Yeah, he left He left last week, so we're good. Yeah. 